0: and welcome to the Sweet Tooth Vegan podcast. I'm your host, Shalina, and you are listening to episode 21. This is part 6 of the Black Vegan series, Exploring Veganism Within the Black Community, where I interview Sandra Maestas, the founder of Cooking Kiddos, a community-based cooking program for toddlers, teens, and adults. I interviewed Sandra last month, and I really enjoyed this enlightening conversation. Uh, One thing that I really... Um, One thing that stood out to me was her tips on buying produce and the importance of buying fruits that are in season. Um, So with this recording, there are a few background sounds in this episode, and I apologize in advance. I'm currently looking for a space to do my recordings instead of at home because sometimes I can't really control the noise level here. Um, so, if anyone listening is in the GTA and knows of a great uh, space to record my podcasts, please reach out to me and let me know. So, without further ado, here is episode 21 Cooking Kiddos.
1: Hello, I am Sandra Maestas. I have been vegan for two and a half years now. My anniversary will actually be February 8th of this year, next month, Mm. actually, in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited about that. Um, Within my journey, I started my business, uh, Cooking Kiddos, um, Cooking. I love to cook. I've been in the industry for about 10 years as a, um, a baker and, uh, kiddos. Mm-hmm. I love kids. I actually am a science teacher. Um, I got my degree in teaching and I also have a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, so hints to why I put those two together. Um, just the two passions I, I had to mesh and, um, Um, those are, those are my loves, um, cooking and kids, you know, there are future and that's how, uh, the name came about.
0: So two years, eh? That's, I think I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm around the same. I think I'm going on my third year. I kind of lost count.
1: (laughs) I know you kind of lose, you, you lose thought, but you know, it's funny because I have, um, how I remember is because um, I gave it up for Lent, and Lent is coming up um, in um, February, so I you know, I have Lent to remind me when I became vegan, and so it'll be three years Um, yeah, it'll be three years in in February
0: nice so what's the story behind Cooking kiddos? like you explained how the name came about, but like, what's the process you went through to establish this this business
1: so i just wanted to finally put my two passions together um you know kids um i taught for um after baking being in the industry I, and you know in a big high-end uh, uh bakery here in california for 10 years um i felt like something was missing and i just really enjoyed being with kids um So I went to school and got my degree, and, you know, after that, you know, I still felt like something was missing. I just felt um, there was just something that I I, I couldn't put together, and, um, you know, working for a while, I just decided, you know, I love being around people, I love kids, I just ultimately did not, um, like, working hard for someone else mm. I didn't like working hard for someone else that really didn't appreciate it not necessarily the kids but you know when you're um you know when you're in a school setting you're ultimately working for someone else you know when you're um, in the food industry you're also working for someone else and I just didn't want to do that anymore and so out of nowhere I decided I'm going to
0: <laughs>
1: have my own business mm. I didn't know the the ins and out of it, I didn't know how to go about it. I just knew I was going to start my own business, and I'm going to work for me. I was going to capitalize on being vegan, on how I loved it, um, how it helped me in my own health journey, um, and how I could ultimately inspire kids in um, seeing food in a different way. Um, I think um, here, and you know, in the states, I think it's it's especially here in California you don't have the access to um, you know essentials like cooking or like a garden or healthy eating unless you have the money for it and to me I felt like that was unfair and Definitely, so yeah. I was just like I'm, I'm gonna conquer it somehow I don't know but I'm gonna do it wow that's very inspiring
0: um, thank you yeah in the um, which I think it was part three of this series I interviewed a youtuber called Just Jen. Jen. Yes, yes. and um, yeah, in that episode we she kind of talked about how in Chicago they don't have access to grocery stores. like yes. easy access to grocery stores they have to like travel, and oh, that far. that
1: broke my heart i'm not gonna lie when i listened to that i had to stop because you know i i guess i'm just so naive on like you know just california but i you know when i when i listened to that i was just like wow like why
0: Hmm. yeah it's crazy and then those communities are predominantly black yeah and
1: it's brown. like yeah you're you are you know i feel like you know they don't want us to win you're not giving us access so you're telling me that i have to if i have more than one kid i have to walk if i don't have a car walk or take public transportation for two to three blocks just to go to a market and that market may not even have anything healthy right so i am stuck buying the um you know the the high salt, the the high calorie, the 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 uh, items that go in the the toaster ovens, the microwaves, mm-hmm. or you know whatever it is. You know easy access, and that's basically what they're telling us.
0: Yeah, it's crazy.
1: It's frustrating. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, like I over here in so I live in Ontario, Canada, and um, like I'm not sure of. Like, if black communities, some black communities experience the same thing. Um, but, like, where I live, it's pretty multicultural. It's uh, predominantly East Indian. But um, there's grocery stores everywhere. But um, our First Nations uh, communities, like in northern Ontario and northern Canada, there there's a lot of food insecurity. So, yeah, sa- same... Same theme here I'm just not sure of like in regards to the black some black communities I'm not sure but it's sad regardless you know
1: it is it is and it's sad and like I said I don't understand why Mm
0: -hmm. well I think it has to do with oppression because when you look at the history of blacks uh, especially in America I mean we weren't considered humans we were just considered property.
1: You know but that I understand that but are we you know I I feel like we've grown or we should have are we big that big of a threat where you feel like you know you can't give us something that's he- you know healthy yeah. or just better access to.
0: Yeah it's it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: So, you know, that's why I came about Cooking kiddos, and I don't want race to be a part of it, so therefore, I I don't like to use the word known, but I feel like once Cooking kiddos' name is um, reached, I feel like I, I will be able to get to, you know, the the start goal, which was to get to the underprivileged schools where they don't have access to this. You know, a lot of them don't have, you know, after school programs. Um, You know, if they do, it's nothing like this. And I want to, um, I want to be involved with that and have, have a, a class where I can reach those kids because ultimately they're our future and I don't want them to feel or I don't want um cooking kiddos names to be um you know associated only with the people that can pay right because that's not why I started it Mm -hmm. you know I wanted to be accessible to to every kid
0: Mm. that's beautiful so since uh, you started cooking kiddos, what kind of feedback have you received from the children, the parents, the schools, etc.? Um,
1: you know, it, it's been great. It's um, it's been great. You know, the kids absolutely love it, and you know, it's it's the highlight because um, they're young. You know, the youngest one that I have is two years old in one of my classes. Oh wow!
0: And, um, <laughs>
1: I'm like, you're too. And you know, just the excitement. And they're like, Seth Sandra's here. And um, you know, they love it. And um, I get great feedback from the parents because I get, you know, um, either the the next time I come, because the sessions, depending on the school that I'm at, it can run from six to eight weeks. So we meet once a week. And so when parents are picking up their child, they're like, you know, she's been talking about this and, you know, or, you know, my child's been talking about this and it's making them want to count down the days or what, you know, what day does Sandra come to see us on Monday? So, you know, if it's depending on when it is, um, they're counting down and they're wanting to know their days of the week. Mm -hmm. Um, I I get parents saying, you know, my my child never wanted to eat this and ever since taking your class, they're now more open to eating um, this one particular thing, you know, they're always wanting it or they're now just more open to eating, you know, fruit and vegetables when I get emails, like, oh, look, we tried this recipe. This is now our favorite recipe that, you know, we make for family or um, we make for gatherings and we don't tell them it's vegan. <laughs> so it really does warm my heart and it makes me happy. Um, the schools have been great because um, they want me to come back right after a session is over. And, you know, sometimes you never know will they want you back? And when I get that email, you know, after a couple of days and they're like, we really want you back. It it reassures me that I'm doing my job. I'm staying natural to who I am. And, um, and I just keep it simple. Like I don't make it, um, there's not a lot of prep work that goes into it essentially Mm -hmm. when, um, when thinking of the, uh, any recipes that we're making, there's not a lot of prep work. I just want it to be fun. I want the kids to just see food in a different way, um, so they can learn the you know appreciation of it. Mm. Um, you know, my job is just to have fun and just introduce them to something different, um, and just taste. Mm. You know, um, so it's been great. It's been great within the school settings. It's been amazing.
0: Wow. That's awesome. It must be like really rewarding for you to get that such positive feedback and you're inspiring lots of families.
1: It it, it is. It is. It it just makes me, uh, it makes me feel like the the thought that I have in my head are no longer in vain. Right. You know, the, the passion that I have behind it is not in vain.
0: Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so you were saying that it doesn't uh, take a lot of preparation. Uh, my next question was going to be, like, what type of preparation goes into running your programs?
1: Um, so that, when it comes down to the food, I don't think too much about it because, again, I want the kids just to, you know, have fun. So for me, for instance, today um, I have a class tomorrow. I'll visit the farmer's market and I'll see what's in season. And then it comes into my head, like, okay, we can make this. Um, and, you know, when I go to the classes, the kids have, each kid has a cutting board. Each kid has a, um, uh, a kid-friendly knife that they use because I want them to understand the chopping, the fundamental when it comes into, um, you know, kitchen safety, how to handle a knife. Um, and that's pretty much it. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Um. A lot of the schools already have a table set up for me, so I don't have to do that. Um, I do bring in all my materials and, of course, the ingredients and any other item, you know, we're using, if it's a toaster oven, if it's a, a hot plate, you know, to warm something up. Sometimes we don't even use any of it and we're just, you know, tasting a new fruit or a new vegetable, um, talking about it, asking them, you know, you know, do they know the difference between a fruit and a vegetable um do they know how it was grown um so when it comes down to my kids classes that does not take a lot of prep work when it comes down to my adult classes even though it is cooking kiddos and uh, kiddos is in the name I do have a lot of adults that do take my class and that on the other hand does take a lot of um Prep work, um, for the simple fact, you know, I feel like adults are a little more uh, picky than kids. <laughs> so I have to, I have to tread lightly when it comes to what, uh, what I have in my mind. I have to, unfortunately, get there. Uh, they're okay in it, um, and they're like, no, I don't like that. And sometimes, you know, I have to treat them like a kid. Oh wow! To try it. Well, this is what we're going to do. After, <laughs> you know. I tell them, you know, here's a menu of what I would like, you know, for us to make together, for them to, to, to get to know. And off the bat, some of them are just like, no, I don't want to. I, I just can't. Mm-mm. And I'm like, you're like a kid. You can't <laughs> say no right away. So a lot of times I don't allow them to say no without trying. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and um, they're like, okay, all right. Do we have to? Yes, we do. We do. So it's, you know, that goes into prepping on, um, you know, the quantity that we're going to make, you know, Um, just going to the market and um, having a meal, knowing how many adult classes I'm going to have for the week. I have to plan uh, three days beforehand, um, beforehand on the menu that I'm going to have I will email the client depending you know um, on what I have and a lot of times like I said they don't okay it and I have to knit it in a bud because I don't want to go back and forth six times on why it's important for them to try something new Um, yeah so I, I try not to do a lot of prep work when it comes to either my kids class or adult classes because then I feel it takes the fun out of it so I try not to do that okay
0: so with your adult classes, where are those? Um, where do those take place?
1: Yeah, it's in the client's home. Uh, we don't have a facility, so the kids don't come to us when it could, when, uh, when we're doing our cooking classes. And the adults, they get to have the class in the comfort of their own home.
0: Mm. So we're
1: using, um, you know, their equipment. So I don't want them to feel like they need anything fancy to make anything that we're uh, – What's on the menu,
0: we use what they have on hand. Okay. The second uh, episode of this series, I interviewed Kimberly of Might Be Vegan. Yeah. Might Be
1: Vegan, yes. She's amazing. Yeah.
0: And she also does in-home meal plans for families as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. Are the families and adults that you work with, are they... Um, non vegan, because it... they correct. They're not oh, Okay, because you're you're like they're picky. I'm like I've never really known of like picky vegans, so I guess yeah. I know. <laughs> no. These are non vegan oh, families okay. that I work with. Makes sense.
1: They're non vegan families that I'm working with, and um, you know they've reached out to me either because um, um, a lot of them, you know, they have ailments. Uh, you know, they have to lower their high blood pressure or they they need to lose weight um you name it they're just trying to be you know just overall healthy for themselves and you know for their family so they reach out to me and because um, some of them know my backstory of um i used to be 298 pounds and um i went to the doctor and i had a doctor tell me you know they're gonna put me on four different medications rather than saying oh let's pair you with a nutritionist. Um, how about you work out for a little bit and then come back and then see you know they you know they wanted to automatically put me on four different medications and I was in my early 20s and my heart broke oh, no. that um, I was going to be on medication and I'm still in my early 20s and like why I didn't understand why that was the first response
0: so what and, were these medications I'm sorry What were these medications?
1: Um, It was for high blood pressure. Um, I had arthritis in my knees. And, um, yeah, so high blood pressure, arthritis in my knees, diabetes, and gestational diabetes, to be exact. And then... um, and I forget what the other one was because, again, it was years ago. But it was, I remember it was four different medications. And they're like, well, your um, prescription will be ready, so just go downstairs. And I didn't go. Mm. I said, okay. And I left. And I sat in my car and I cried because, again, I was in my early 20s and I didn't understand why that was the first response. And, um, and that's how I became vegan. I didn't know anything about veganism. I didn't know exactly what that entailed. I just said, literally, in my car, I was going to become vegan. I'm cutting everything out. Wow. I'm just going to eat fruit and vegetables. <laughs> wow. And um, I'm not going to lie, it was hard. And um, I think a week and a half later, um, I got a call and said that my mother needed to have open-heart surgery. Oh, wow. So I felt like God literally told me, like, it all fell into place. Um you know, some people probably don't believe in God, but I felt like that was the answer that I needed. Because literally a week and a half from my doctor's appointment, my mother um, had open heart surgery.
0: Wow, is she okay oh, now?
1: She's okay now. Yeah, okay. she's okay. It's been um three four. It's going to be four years for her. Okay. So it's been it's been great. But again, um, I was upset that there was nothing else behind it. Um, you know, let's work with a nutrition, a nutritionist to you know get you on a healthy path. Um, I'm not gonna lie, my eating habit wasn't the the greatest, but it wasn't the worst either. Um, because um, you know, we're we're Haitian. My family is Haitian, and we um, you know our meal can always consist of rice, beans, and a meat. Mm there's no passing it, there's always and that meat is covered in or, you know, cooked in a sauce that has lots of oils and so on you know, so that's how I grew up right that's how I grew up and so, it, it, it was hard, but it was great, you know, going from 298 and I'm now to this day, 187 Wow. and I believe that's because of my veganism
0: that's amazing and do you still have arthritis i don't oh look at that no
1: after the i went to a checkup um i want to say maybe nine maybe a year I, i want to say no i want to say maybe eight or nine months after that initial um visit and I was fine and the doctor was like what are you doing like did you have like some type of weight loss surgery (laughs) but that was automatically that's what they thought because of um you know now they're checking you know my blood and I'm fine you know um and they're like there's no you know are you sure and I'm like I'm I'm positive (laughs) they're like yeah we saw that you didn't pick up your medication I did not (laughs) you're right I didn't and I came and I showed them that I—I I didn't lose all the weight on you know right away, but I lost a, a significant amount for them to say, "Wow, did you have?" And I was just like, "What?"
0: Hmm. Wow, and you would think that doctors, you know, have knowledge on, um, like healthy eating and the power of plants. You know, but I don't I think they not. do.
1: I honestly feel like. Um, They're in business to make money and it's easier for them to prescribe you something rather than, Hey, you know, maybe you can try doing this rather than saying, here's medication and a walk for 15 minutes.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: That's crazy. (laughs) You know, I honestly believe, you know, we are what we eat. And I feel like, uh, food doesn't have to be this, uh, This bad thing,
0: right? Right. Yeah.
1: So yeah, I, I, am here and I'm fine and I'm free of all that and.
0: That's amazing.
1: Best decision.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that story, and I hope that maybe listeners that um, were in your are in your boat that you were in in your twenties are inspired. By your story, I
1: hope so. Yeah. You know, I really do because, like I said, I don't want. Um, you know, I went into it blind. You know, I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. If I if I had known then, then I would have done my research rather than going into cold turkey. Because I'm not gonna lie, it was hard first going into it.
0: Yeah, I think any drastic change to our regular. Uh, ways of doing things is going to have its challenges for sure well yeah thank you yeah. thank you for sharing that um so the next set of questions i have here are from the listeners yeah and, um people that follow me on instagram i had them just submit questions or mm-hmm. topics they want to hear on the series yeah so one of them is um, someone wanted to know what are some effective ways for transitioning children on a plant-based diet?
1: Oh, you know, I love that because, you know, my, my son wasn't vegan when I first started. So, you know, he was my tester. And I think you, I tell people just start off slow. Um, do research. Start off slow and just start replacing just little things you know, we started off with dairy. Um, I didn't do dairy because I couldn't tolerate it since you know I was a kid. I've I never really had dairy, and with my son, we just you know we took out the milk, we took out the cheese, um, and we took out uh, the milk, the cheese, the yogurt, and we just went slow. Um, you know, tried eliminating one thing at a time. If you want to do it in increments of three days a week just slowly just start eliminating these uh you know certain things um you know there's like a, a meatless monday you know start with doing that and then you can do it meatless tuesday mm-hmm. meatless you know wednesday and you know like i tell my clients um just try replacing your favorite recipes and just look for different ways to make it vegan by just still making it tasty that's all it really is it's just taste you know adding maybe more herbs um i don't want to say go into those uh you know those vegan milk products because those are very um they're costly they cost a lot so i try not to tell them go straight into there for me i just tell them just just really try to just make the food tasty Try to make your favorite food tasty by adding, you know, more herbs, um, and you know, my go-to are mushrooms. And I'm like, same. Place, if it's oh, something
0: meaty. Or, mushrooms or are amazing.
1: Mushrooms or lentils, um, uh, and sometimes kids don't even know. Right if, right. if it tastes good, they will not know. But if you're just trying to make something and it's bland, of course they're going to resist it. But if you're not passionate about it, they're not going to be passionate about it. Mm. And if you try to just take everything away, you're going to find resistance, especially if they're older. Mm. With younger kids, you know, they're a little receptive to it. You know, you can manipulate them a little bit. But the older they get, I feel like, um, you know, when they're setting it up, I feel like it's a little harder. Also, I feel like you can have that talk about animals and how the food is produced and what happens. Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: I feel like they would understand it a little better. Um, But yeah, just for me, you know, I tell my clients start slow, do the research. Um, For me, it's about knowing why.
0: That's good advice, yeah
1: you know know why you want to transition your child not because you think veganism is a new fad um you know i used to get that a lot i always like the new diet wow you look great no that's not it there's a reason behind it and i feel like once you know the reason why you want that for yourself and your family it will be easier it'll be a lot easier
0: yeah, that's that's great advice, and I totally agree with that. Just starting off slow, and like knowing your intentions, because I know of a few people that decided to go vegan, adopt a <clears throat> vegan diet, and it didn't last long because yes. from my yeah. from what I've from what I saw was like it was just a fad to them. It was just mm-hmm. like oh, it's because I want to lose weight or like. Like, their motive, their foundation wasn't strong, so they just fell off, (laughs) sadly. Um, But yeah, that's that's great advice. And, um, you know, I I really um, find people, like parents that have children um, that are born vegan or born... Mm -hmm vegetarian that's amazing because that's gonna change the world because we're starting to have generations of vegan yeah. children so that's they don't have to worry about transitioning yeah so that's that's pretty cool
1: I agree um, I but I honestly feel like those parents are looked they're frowned upon because I'm on a, on a Facebook page when I first started, and it was like vegan moms or some sort, and um, some of those parents like didn't want their kids to play or hang out with other kids that were not vegan, and to me, I don't think that's okay.
0: Wait, what?
1: Yeah. I would, I would be on this group, again, because, you know, I wanted to promote my, my business when I first started. And I was like, okay, vegan moms, you know, that would be great if they wanted, because a lot of them, it's just really weird. So, like, a lot of them, like, homeschool their kids. So they need, like, different activities. So they still have to, like, abide by the school guidelines. So they have to do, like, you know, certain things. Um, and one of them wanted to have... Uh, cooking kittles to be one of their enrichment programs, of course, in their home, but um, one of, so I guess one of the parents had a a friend that was in this homeschooling program, but was not vegan, and one of the mothers says, well, she can't come because I don't want my child to
0: not oh, be with other gosh. vegans, I don't want her
1: to feel um intimidated. And I'm like, I
0: think that oh, would be the opposite. goodness. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's and ridiculous.
1: Like, I think that would be the opposite. That kid would feel intimidated.
0: Yeah, that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. So I
1: was just like, wow, okay.
0: So they, wow. <laughs> no, I,
1: but I think that's great. But like I said, I was just, I was thrown back and I was like, okay, I have to, yeah, that's. I have to get crazy. away from you know, I have to get away from that. So, like, I took myself off of the group because I was just I
0: think. "Yeah, that's that's bullying. really yeah bullying. That is really extreme. Like, I've never heard of that. That is insane. I don't want my kids to play with non-vegans. It's not like they're you know <laughs> aliens or toxic. Yeah, so that's what, like <laughs> they're humans. Like, come on. I was like,
1: wow, okay,
0: wow." Well, that's- That's very strange. Anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, sorry Um, I had to. No, no, no. Yeah. That's
0: that's insane. That's really sad. Um. Another question. Yes. Uh, topic. From the listeners, uh, is relating (laughs) to label labels. So, um, they said that labeling can be confusing. What's the difference? And meaning of the titles uh, non GMO, natural, organic,
1: etc. Okay, so natural, I think I haven't seen that really in in food products, so I'm not sure on that question. Um, I mean, because hopefully, you know, we're, we're not eating any. Well, I, I guess I can, you know, I guess I can play that can tie into the, the non GMO, which, you know, means non genetically modified organisms. So genetically, if we're going into the market, you know, I, I tell people, when you look at the food, you'll see like a real big difference on the way it looks. So when it comes to labeling, I personally, um, there's certain foods that I do get that are organic, um, and I think that's the, I think uh, natural and um, organic go hand in hand. I okay. could be wrong, but I honestly feel like those two go hand in hand. There's no difference. Um, Non-GMO is basically what it's man-made. Ah, okay. Non-GMO is literally man-made. Someone's there in a big facility, and there are they they're making. These fruits and they're they're making these vegetables. They're they're kind of grown, but then you're you know they send them off before they're even ripe or ready to be sent off into a lab, and they're they're made. And sometimes a lot of them are not even in a farm. They're literally like in a big, essential warehouse, like a greenhouse, and they're made. Um, I don't think people understand. Grapes are supposed to have seeds in them. When you see them, they don't have seeds. That's man made
0: that's non-gmo wow yeah um i i agree with that um like what you said about the seeds yeah uh, because i mean growing up um i didn't think anything of it but since becoming a vegan um i'm like okay why don't these fruits have seeds they can't be real because then they can't they can't reproduce if they don't have seeds
1: you know i i try to get people to understand like non-gmo is not for us Mm -hmm. or excuse me gmo is not for us non-gmo is perfect because it's not man-made it's not genetically modified so i'm sorry i think i said non-gmo so gmo is the no and the non-gmo is the yes you know, I, I feel like, you know, the man-made is what's cheaper, what's accessible. It's, it's, it, it's tough because you don't get that a lot. And then, you know, you, and then you have the organic that comes into play.
0: Mm. Right. And I find it so, like, at least in the grocery stores where I live, it's so hard to find, for example, oranges with seeds or grapes with seeds or... Uh, what else is um watermelon with seeds like all of them say without seeds without seeds without seeds without seeds I'm like where are the that's,
1: seeds <laughs> that's man made but then also we have to shop when they're in season
0: ah okay
1: watermelon is a summer fruit hmm so you know when you go into markets and if you see them you know right now that is man made so you are getting gmo watermelon there's someone there working that's grown it and it's now selling it and you can find you know you're gonna find that so we need the non-gmo which is not the man-made and so just like grapes and i think what we have to or what has to be told to us that it has to be um in season
0: interesting so how do you not
1: in season you're you're going to get um you're going to get the man-made fruits and vegetables unless it's imported and a lot of times that may be it but again it's in it's imported but it's still man-made
0: very interesting so how do you know like i have no idea about things that are uh, fruits that are in season how do you know what fruits are you know to,
1: to be honest like sometimes you can visit your local farmer's market um if you visit your local farmer's market, um, a lot of them by law have to abide by a certain guideline. So they're growing things that are in season for now. You know, they're, they're trying to sell what's in now.
0: Okay. Huh. Interesting. You know, they
1: can't start growing certain items that is, um, you know, they can't sell certain things that are going to be that are that are made for the spring they can't sell to sell it now in the winter if that makes any sense yeah and sometimes you can um you know try to google what's in season huh. if you know you don't have access to a farmer's market google what's in season
0: yeah that's very interesting something for me to think about uh definitely yeah
1: Google what's in season and, and see and you'll get you know lots of lists depending on where you are I think that's what it is but for me I like to visit my my local farmers market and see what's there and I'm like oh, okay so then I know and you know I recently learned that um, uh, I guess we call it here snap it's like a, a, a food assistant program. A lot of farmers market accept those food um, those food assistant programs.
0: Interesting, wow, and I don't know, like if it's the same for where you live, but where I live, organic and non-GMO foods tend to be more expensive.
1: Yes, I think Um, that's everywhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Which is sad, and like especially for people like um, like students or low-income families, like we can't afford GMO or sorry, non-GMO
1: fruits, which is sad. I agree with you, and it's hard. It's very hard, but that's why I honestly tell people, visit your farmer's market, because I know when I go to my farmer's market, it runs from like 8 to 1, and I'll show up like at 12.45, and they want to get rid of them, so they will sell it to you less than they've been selling it that entire morning. Mm. And if you can, if you can't, you know, I don't think everything needs to be organic. I just feel there's certain things that need to be organic. For me, I say, like, the things that have the seeds on the inside need to be organic or certain vegetables should be organic because a lot of times, if not, they're sprayed with pesticides. So I mm-hmm. don't think everything needs to be organic. There's just, you know, like, canned things do not need to be organic. Your cereal does not need to be organic. Um i think it, it it depends on the family and how or the person you know if if they if you're new to veganism or just overall trying to eat healthy again do your research just know mm. it's all about knowing i think you know we lack the uh, um, as a culture as a as a as a race i think we we lack wanting to know knowledge Hmm. we lack wanting to know knowledge and we we look for the healthy fix
0: interesting yeah wow wow (laughs) you know it's it's really sad and really backwards that the foods that are healthy for us that promote optimal growth development those are the ones that are Sometimes least um, accessible or inaccessible, and the most expensive. And then the foods Uh that are bad for us, they're so cheap and they're everywhere.
1: It's hard. Oh, man. It's It's hard, especially if you have, you know, if you're a family of four, and just imagine trying to buy everything organic for a family of four. Just imagine that your entire. You know, you're, you know, I know people may see the entire grocery bill that originally, you know, you wanted to spend, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. Let's say $200. You're now, you know, for maybe, you know, for three weeks, you're now $500 for three weeks. That's insane.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: You know, that's definitely insane. Um, It's disheartening on a a lot of those things. But I think, again, as a culture, we need to be aware. We Mm -hmm. need to be aware. Definitely. We need to be aware and we have to educate. We have to educate ourselves because the next person won't. So until we get that in our heads that we need to educate ourselves, no one else is gonna do that for us. And we need to want to Mm -hmm. and understand the reason why.
0: Mm. Well said well said
1: and you know i get it's hard and you know i i find i find um it's 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 a lesson learned for everyone and again you know if if possible visit your local farmer's market you know there are certain things that you can buy um that are vegan and some that shouldn't be um but again you know like i tell people buy what's in season
0: and is that if better it, for our bodies? I'm sorry. Is that better for our bodies? Like what? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. So if
1: we buy what's in season, definitely because, um, you're getting the most nutrients. I mean, yes, eating you know fruits and vegetables altogether, is it, better for our bodies. But when we're buying what's in season, we're we're not searching or trying harder than we need to. Okay and we're we're getting what we need you know um you know for instance you know it's winter time for us so we need to buy winter fruit and vegetables don't try to go look for you know the 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 watermelons or the peaches you know <laughs> that's not it right now you know citrus is very you know citrus is in season so you know if you visit your local farmers market or you know some stores that you know have a bigger selection on, on um organic uh, fruit and vegetables you'll see that blood oranges are in season Cara oranges are in season um, grapefruit um, lots of lemons those are all in season right now
0: hmm. Very interesting.
1: They're all in season and you know um, w- w- you know what I, I tell people we have to eat to live and not not live to eat.
0: Yes, I totally agree with that. Yep.
1: And I think once you you know, whoever it may be, once you understand that a little more, I think um you'll you know, that person will um take more into consideration on what they're putting into their bodies and you know, somewhere get it. So you're like, Wow, two ninety nine for this one item <laughs> but look at this, you know, I'm just throwing it out there, you know an apple is, you know, ninety nine cents a pound compared to the organic at one ninety nine one ninety nine a pound. I'm gonna go for that and not understanding that there's no nutritional value in that. Mm. Because it was made in a bigger facility and someone is there making it rather than it spending time being grown on a tree and someone picking it. Mm. You know, because organic, they have to, you know, um, they have to go through different grades in order for them to actually be uh, considered organic. They're, it's kind of like being graded in school. There's grades. That's They're graded, fascinating. And so there's different grades of organic. And, um, yeah, I, I say that, you know, if you're eating something that has the skin on the outside, I personally say should be organic, you know, like peaches, uh, nectarines, you know, like the stone fruits, um, tomatoes, like the cherry tomatoes, anything that you're eating the skin, apples, strawberries, if you're eating the skin, that definitely should be organic. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you do. Bananas or cantaloupe. You know, we're eating the inside. I personally don't think that needs to be organic. Um, But someone else can debate that with me. (laughs) Um, But that's just my personal opinion. I'm eating what's on the inside, not the outside. So I I feel like the pesticides are not... um, It's harder for them to sink into. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, But, you know, if, if, if I see it's on sale and it's organic sometimes you know some stores will have certain items that are organic I'll get it even if it doesn't have to you know personally I don't think that everything needs to be organic but if I see it's on sale I will get it
0: Right. yeah wow definitely a lot for me to think about personally the whole idea of eating fruits in season like I never really thought about
1: just try you know You know, we just have to eat what's available to us now.
0: Right. Keeping it simple.
1: Yes. Hmm. Wow. It's, it's, I think that's what we need is keeping it simple. The harder, I feel like the harder people try to make it, the harder they will get discouraged and say, oh, veganism is not for them or they can't do this. They can't do that. Um, And it, it doesn't have to be that hard.
0: That concludes episode 21. If you enjoyed this episode and if you're enjoying this series, please share it with your friends, family, and on your social media platforms with your followers. It'd be great to just get this word out and um, this content out to as much people as possible and march 8th will be the last episode for the black vegan series so stay tuned for that if you are interested in following sandra on social media her instagram account is cookin kiddos that's c-o-o-k-i-n-k-i-d-d-o-s and she also has a website cookinkiddos.com same spelling She is based in California, so if you are in her area and are interested in her services, definitely contact her and um, get connected with her. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast, and I just want to say thank you to everyone that's been listening to the series and also has been listening to my podcast since episode one. It's going to be one year in April, so I just want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I really appreciate the support and take care.